So, it's one hell of a conversation talking about right, God. Man. I love you, it. Have, you have split me wide open so far. Out of uh, love. And, and I'm and, sure and, that... And not with any intention to harm. <laughs> and, you know, as I tell my yeah. students, don't believe a word I say. Go explore it for yourself. Go try it for yourself, yeah. All I can share is my own experience. But the difference between me and a lot of people, as you can see, I've spent my whole life studying. Mm-hmm. I've probably read over 120 books on the soul, thousands of books on God, physiology, psychology, um, physics, science, quantum physics. I'm like looking for evidence of what's really going on from every angle. Yeah. And so um, what I'm saying is I'm not just some guy that has a bunch of uh, mystical fantasies or hasn't done any study to see if anybody else is, is, is having these experiences. Mm-hmm. And the more you look into it, the more you realize a lot of people are having them, but they're pushed to the fringes of culture because culture is made of a consensus. So Arnold Mendel speaks of consensus reality, which is the average level of consciousness, and non-consensus reality. All shaman, all mystics, all great doctors, all great healers, therapists, and leaders are in the non-consensus reality. They're outside of the box. Um, And that's the most dangerous place to be because misery loves company. So people really resent new ideas. They resent their beliefs being challenged. And so I'm saying to everyone listening and watching, don't believe a word I say. Look into these things. Meditate. It took me a lot of meditation to get to where my soul could actually explain this in ways that I could write it down and understand it. Yeah. And the first thing I did when, this is what my soul calls the love code. My soul said love is not a word, it's a code. It actually has these meanings in it. Um, So the first thing I said to my soul is, are there any other people that, that have came to this conclusion through their own explorations and the answer was yes i said are there any in my library and the answer was yes and my soul took i said where my soul directed me right to a book by misho kushi one of the founders of macrobiotics and he talked about this almost to the t in one of his books and i went oh my god that is really a very deep evolved man so i really looked into his work and he's got some great books um now I couldn't buy into the whole macrobiotic thing because all my other knowledge said it's 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 like any other diet it's it's something you have to apply intelligently for the right people at the right place at the right time and you know every tool can work for you but it begins to work against you and then my soul took me to Richard Wilhelm's edition of the Tao Te Ching and lo and behold right in the book he gives the same explanation Then I was led to a book called The Physics of Love, and it showed the same thing. There's probably four or five books that my soul guided me to, so that the beauty of it was, is this came to me through um, contemplative meditation and asking my soul questions, and and my soul will give me visions and, and, you know, explain things to me that I then write in my notebooks and go look for. But when you have an experience like that, a spiritual experience, and your soul leads you right to the authors, look, I've got 4,000 plus books in here to be led right to the exact book with exactly that information and literally right to the page. And there it is. If that's not enough confirmation that you're not crazy, and it's easy to think you're crazy when everyone else keeps telling you you're crazy, you know? Um, but my life has been a successive string of these things, these types of experiences. And that's why I have hundreds of notebooks full of all my meditative explorations and meetings with beings and other dimensions. Because um, what God is, is, is beyond our small human mind's capacity really to, to grapple with until you get pushed so deeply into yourself usually by pain, that you have to get into regions of the unconscious or the superconscious or the soul, which is really the self-sense of all of it. In other words, in the soul, 
There is no division between unconscious, subconscious, and superconscious. The higher self is the superconscious part of the soul. The subconscious is the wisdom of the DNA and the cells of the body and the miracle of the body. And the unconscious is everything that the ego can't be aware of because it can't process even close to that much information per any given unit of time. But the soul has access to all of it, and only God can give a soul, so really the soul is God embodied. It's consciousness embodied. And when you get so much profound information, and the truth is, is that if I was to go through all my course manuals and show you all the things I was led to through meditation, through the soul, through shamanic journey work, and through being taught this by beings from other dimensions, which is one of the reasons my soul wanted me to become a vegetarian because my clairvoyance went through the roof. So did my clairsentience and clairaudience. And I spent a year getting up at 3.30 every morning. My soul woke me up like alarm clock and going into my office early in the morning where beings from other dimensions were guiding me and teaching me healing techniques and how to use crystals and stones and rattles and drums and symbols and prayers and all this stuff and it was just like I was having this spiritual explosion while at the same time I was just starving to eat meat every day and people freaking out and criticizing me and sending me funny t-shirts and stuff but I I just had a choice I had to I had to just practice what I taught my students even mm -hmm. though it was very very challenging but I kept seeing so much reciprocity and realization and seeing how many people all over the world were getting help by the things that spirit was channeling through me. And of course, I would go test all these things clinically before I would ever share them with my students and be very sure because I didn't want to make an idiot of myself or mislead people. But ultimately, you know, all I'm saying is I've had to go through my own journey and my own trials and tribulations, and I've always had to go check to see if there's other human beings that have come across these experiences and every time i've found it by no means of these unique experiences it's just that it's dangerous to talk about them because we're in a very unevolved culture yeah look it was the so-called christians jesus's own people that he came to help that killed him and this is the story of you know countless mystics um rabbis wise men um, in history is just full of them uh, getting killed for sharing love and higher truth but that that's you know that's okay i'm just saying i'm not asking anybody to believe me if anything maybe this is a great story today right our conversation it might be great entertainment for somebody and if it's great entertainment then it's been beautiful for that if it's bullshit to somebody then all they got to do is pay attention to the things i talked about today but now that they're aware of them just start looking around in your life um because a lot of the things that people think are bullshit turn out to be true <laughs> mm -hmm. yes and, and then you have to eat your words or be a hypocrite you talked about um love being unconditional like yeah. you know the way that god loves us and our work is to unconditionally love God regardless of the consequences. Why, why do we experience so much limitation in this world, so many roadblocks that are perceived like the end of the world? I mean, I've had many limitations, as I'm sure you've had. Well, I'm, I'm full of them, but those are part of the beauty. You see, um, just do this thought experiment. If you are unconditional love and that's all you are, what can you experience? Unconditional love. Which is what? Connection to God, to connection with myself. Well, if you're unconditional, there is no self because the self itself is a limitation. Well, That's why there's a me and a you. A connection to all there is. But all there is is unconditional, which means there's no thing. So there's nothing to be aware of. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. That's the problem. People don't understand what unconditional love is because their minds can't grapple with something that isn't a thing. Even a thought is a thing. A thought is differentiated from any other thought. If I say, look at the black cat, you know to exclude every other color. That's a limitation. So paradoxically, without limitation, you cannot have mind. Because if you knew everything at once, would you know anything at all? I don't perceive so. You wouldn't. Yeah. 
If you knew everything there was to know in the whole universe, you'd have no reason to think. So paradoxically, limitation does a few things. One, it allows us to create. It creates the illusion of time, place, and self, without which love can't exist. You see, if God didn't create the limitation of Josh Trent and the limitation of Paul Check, how could we ex- share, enjoy this exchange of love and friendship right now? We couldn't. Mm-hmm. So the paradox is limitation is a necessity for creation. So we run into limitations because they inspire us to grow and they inspire us to work with limitation to create freedom. Everything in the created universe is an illusion. The word in, in Hindu philosophy, they, they say the world and all that exists is maya, which means the illusion. But Arthur M. Young, who's one of my personal heroes, is the founder of the Bell Helicopter and took his money from inventing helicopters and devoted it to consciousness studies and has written a few very good books. But in one of his books, which uh, I think this is in the Reflexive Universe, he says, he gives this example. He says, if you come over to visit one of your friends and they are halfway through a movie and you sit down, it's very hard to know the plot. So you're kind of just lost. And he makes the point, it's because you don't have any connection to the illusion. The plot is the illusion. Really, a movie's make-believe, isn't it? So he says, when Hindu mystics or, or yogis bow out of the world and say it's all an illusion, they don't realize that they're making a fundamental mistake that the world is the illusion. And it is the only illusion because without the illusion, there is no experience of relationship. There's no way to consciously grow or even to perceive or understand what God or life is. The the universe is founded upon illusion and that the illusion is based on laws such as time, space, movement, gravity, Um, so you can look at the fundamental laws of the universe, for example, but what he goes on to say that's very important, he, he says laws are limitations. They're in place because without creation, without the laws and the limitations, there can be no creation, right? If there was no gravity, you couldn't sit here with me. We'd just be floating mm-hmm. everywhere. So the limitation of gravity allows this relationship to take place. Um, if there was no gravity, then we wouldn't be able to stay connected to the sun and we wouldn't be able to keep warm. So there you see the limitation provided by gravity allows the illusion to perpetuate itself so that the experience of love, life, and relationship can occur. But one of the fundamental things that Arthur M. Young gets across in his teachings, he says, first you have to learn to work with the laws of creation then you can create beyond them. So said another way, first you have to learn the laws of how an internal combustion engine works. Then you're smart enough to know how to hop it up. But if you don't know the laws of an internal combustion engine and you try to hop it up, you'll probably just ruin the engine. First you have to learn the laws of filming and movie making. But once you learn the laws, then you can work with them and create all sorts of amazing illusions, which we call special effects. But if you don't know the basic laws of lighting and film, how can you use special effects? So he says a criminal is somebody that works against the laws before they've mastered the laws. But someone that's truly successful becomes truly successful within the laws by using the laws to create something that even the laws themselves can't contain. Right? So what do really rich people do? They find ways to invest and move their money around that's not illegal, but it actually makes them a lot more money than if they stayed too in the box, but they had to learn the laws of finance and the laws in general to know how to work through the matrix to get something beyond the matrix. So what Arthur Young says is first... We have to learn the laws, and one of those is limitation. And then when we understand the laws of creation, then we can work with those laws to create something that 
seems to break the laws, mm -hmm. right? So we're, we're at the point now where we're developing anti-gravity machines, but we couldn't have ever done it until we really understood gravity enough to create levity. So you see, first you had to work with the law of gravity and with the laws of science to figure out what causes gravity before you could reverse the effect and create levity. I think about Roger Bannister. He ran the four-minute mile. Yes. And then like a week later, Someone five broke people, it. and then now everybody runs sub-four-minute yeah, miles. Yeah, I think something like 40 or 50-something people within one year of him breaking. See, So he did what's called overcoming an impossibility wall. Yeah. Because scientists in that day said it was physiologically impossible for a human being to run faster than four minutes in a mile. Mm-hmm. So when he did it, he tore down a psychological belief, which in uh, the science of mind is called an impossibility wall. Once one of us tears an impossibility wall down, the rest of us know it's possible, and then the wall comes down. So, um, With that in mind, yeah. what is our current largest limitation as humanity, where we can break our own four-minute mile like Roger Bannister did, but on a way grander scale? Our biggest limitation is is um, believing in stories, not looking into the truth of ourselves. And the stories are called scriptures. Now, some of those scriptures do uh, take the limitations off, such as the Vedas, for example. Um, they're very awakening and enlightening. Um, you know, um, if you study the Sufis' teachings, they're they're very beautiful um, and very powerful. Uh, Walter Russell, for example, really worked with the laws to understand what was going on. And and so, I mean, there's many great teachers and and a lot of the saints and sages and most of the people that figured out how the laws worked got killed for doing it because they would teach others how to do it, which makes them uncontrollable. That's one of the reasons the government doesn't like people using psychedelics, because when you realize who you are, then you don't want to harm and kill each other. Um, when I looked into the research on LSD many years ago, when I was um, studying psychedelics, because I had a deep interest in it, and I had some profound experiences, and I wanted to make sure I understood what was going on, and I worked with a, a doctor for a year to learn you know, how they can be used safely in a healing practice. So I took it upon myself, as I always do, to, to do an extensive uh, research of the literature, and I have an entire section in my library of some of the best books in the world on it. And one of the things that you found out is that when Albert Hoffman invented LSD, one of the things he thought it could be used for is a truth serum. So he sent it to different militaries, and when the United States, I think he sent it to the Pentagon, but when he said that they thought it could be used as a truth serum, they thought, well, let's test it on some of our best soldiers. So in one of the reports I studied, they, they'd actually uh, tested it on a team of Green Berets, which is 12 of you know the best... Highly trained. Highly trained soldiers yeah. in the United States Army. The only ones higher is Delta Force. Guess what happened when they all did their first LSD trip? They didn't want to fight anymore. They all wanted out of the military mm -hmm. because they realized who they were and what God was and what life was all about. Yeah. And so the United States government realized immediately this is a very dangerous drug because it can destroy nationalism. And this is why Nixon started the war on drugs and Reagan did because it goes against all the major corporate agendas of not only the United States but most major um, countries, which are really large collections of major corporations that have a lot of power. So you know, Terence McKenna talks extensively about how Mother Nature puts these molecules right under our feet and right under our noses and right in the trees because, metaphorically, God leaves gateways to the keys to heaven all around us so we can figure out who and what we really are. And, you know, McKenna goes into great length on this, but really, we were, I think we were talking about limitation, but do you, do you see that really... Um, as soon as you create mind, you have to have limitation. In fact, if you study the term logos, it says right in the Bible, in the beginning in the in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. What is the word? Can you have a word without mind? You can't. What is word? It's vibration. And what is vibration? The source of all that is. Everything in the created universe is. Vibration, everything is light, 
at different speeds of vibration, or in the Sufi language, it's all sound, and light is just a frequency of the primordial sound of God or Om. The Hindus say Om is the source of all of it, right? So, if we don't have, how would you play a, a piano that had an, an infinite number of keys? I'd have fun. You could, but but you see what I'm saying is, how would you really learn to master an instrument that was that vast? Yeah. So you have to have limitation. Um, how many wives could you have before you could not possibly keep them happy sexually? That's a great question. <laughs> There's a limitation. You, you yes, can explore. Is. You might want to ask your girl about that one. But you see, <clears throat> when you really look at it, limitation is... is as important to freedom as freedom is itself, because if there was no limitation, you wouldn't know what freedom was. Yeah. So really, enlightenment is the realization that you really are free and that limitations are tools to work with that ultimately can be used to create freedom for yourself and others. And if you don't give a limitation to a child, then you have a problem on your hands. And, and most people really are just children in adult bodies. If you gave everybody... Uh, as much money as they wanted, most people would drug themselves to death, eat themselves to death, and 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 stop caring for themselves, and look at all the movie stars that and rock stars that do just that to themselves, right? So, in a nutshell, the word and logos mean the same thing, but the alchemists and a lot of the medieval um, uh, saints and sages called, especially the alchemists, didn't call it the Logos, they called it the Logos Cutter. So if you study enough books that go back into the original teachings and the original language, often in foreign languages, um, then you actually come to this concept called the Logos Cutter. Well, Logos and mind mean the same thing. But the reason they called it a Logos Cutter is because you have to cut something out of the whole of God in order to perceive something. That's why I said earlier, if I say look at the black cat, you know that I'm not talking about the white cat, the brown cat, the spotted cat, the orange cat. I'm talking about one. You see, so by using the word, I can cut out. And so your mind focuses only on what the word has directed you to. <clears throat> so language actually is limitation itself, isn't it? C-A-T is not D-O-G. So we actually can't even communicate without limitation. Mm. And then you have octaves in music, which are limitations based on frequency, and you have do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, and then you go to the next octave. You have light and dark, which create limitations without which you can't enjoy a movie or art or even the cycles of life. So when you actually really look into it, Limitation is as essential to freedom as freedom itself. And limitation and laws are congruent with each other because laws are limitations. The speed of light is 186,000 miles per second, at, at, at least at the physical level of the light that we see. There's other lights. You can study William A. Tiller's book, Science and Human Transformation, for a, a very good mathematical explanation of the fact that there are many faster superliminal speeds of light, and there's great research now showing that most people just don't study very much, so they don't know that. Um, but the point is, in Einstein's thought experiments, if you were moving as fast as the speed of light, well, you know, you wouldn't even know yourself. There would mm. you, you wouldn't see anything, right? So um, there's a limitation there. All I'm doing is pointing out limitations. We, we experience limitation, and then from limitation comes either forward progress, a look within, moving forward, or apathy, and just a dismissal. Yes. And, and you've mentioned before, apathy is the exact opposite of love. Yes. I'd love to explore this, why apathy exists, yes. what do you think that's for, and what do we do right now in our 2020 with COVID and, and just where our humanity is? Because there's so many people that are literally just approaching COVID like... I'm just not going to worry about it. I'm just not going to focus on it. It'll go away. Uh, I don't know if it's just going to go away. No, it isn't going to go away. COVID is just the beginning of a show. Um, what was the first question? What is apathy? What is the point and, and the purpose of apathy? Okay, we well, these limitations? most people think hate is the opposite of love. It isn't. 
Because for me to hate you, I have to keep you inside of me at all times, or how do I know I'm hating you? You have to care. I have to care enough to hate you. Yeah. So, you know, over my career, many people have said they hated me and that I was evil and wrote me nasty letters and told me I was going to burn in hell. And the truth is not something you can run from. My job is to plant seeds that I know from my own experience of life and my own studies that are true, which is, you know, because people can get upset you about anything, right? When I tell people being a vegetarian isn't always the best answer. I can get hate mail. So what I say, look, it doesn't matter whether you love me or hate me, I got you. Because if you hate me, you're carrying me around everywhere in you. And I've had many letters, as my wife Penny can attest to, and even Angie can tell you, from people that say things like, when I first started attending lectures with you and studying with you, I hated you. Everything you said went against everything I believed. But after a few years, I couldn't help but look everywhere I went and see exactly what you were talking about. And I had to come to the realization that you were telling me the truth. And I just wasted three years. I could have been studying with you. But the the point I'm driving at here is if, if, if for someone to hate you, one, they have to keep you close. And the paradox is, if I want to hate you more, I have to make myself more angry, don't I? Mm-hmm. So I actually have to create the same level of, a, of damage in myself that I want to project at you. So hating somebody else is drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, and it never works very well. So that can't be the opposite of love, because... Basically, love is a binding force, and anger binds you to whoever or whatever you're angry at, which is actually just a low form of love. But apathy means to not care. And research in psychology shows that um, parents that physically or emotionally or mentally abuse their parents uh, still produce children that are far better off in the world and have a lower rate of disease, uh, suicide, and criminality than parents who just have no care for their children or are apathetic toward them and and uh, that turns out to produce the most damaging effect on people and the 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 reason for apathy is really i think that people like that have had so much trauma that they've been unable to reconcile and they've had so much pain in the name of love such as getting whipped in the name of god like many Christian children and Muslim children and Jewish children have. Or just parents saying one thing and doing another and calling it love. Yes. Um, Or sexual abuse. I'm doing this because I love you, um, which is rampant out there, unfortunately. So I think what happens is when a person goes through enough anger and enough resent and frustration that it burns them out, apathy is the only thing they have left prior to committing suicide because it's a way of of numbing yourself from responsibility or commitment to anything or anyone. So it's sort of a last-ditch survival. It's like a turtle that pulls its arms and legs and head inside of its shell because it's afraid to come out. And my experience of working with people that have apathy is is that they have had such painful experiences with love that they're afraid to even love themselves. And so a lot of those people end up being drug addicts, um, dying of overdoses, or they just want to die so much that they try to unconsciously mostly find a way to die. So a lot of them end up in automobile accidents, work accidents. They attract an event to themselves. And in our culture... Um, committing suicide is very frowned upon. So when people get apathetic, they often um, let their health go. And as long as they die of a disease like cancer, it's socially acceptable. It brings a lot of love into your life because people feel very sorry for you and you can still get life insurance because for all intents and purposes, you didn't commit suicide, you died of a, a disease. So you can bow out of the world without the scorn and disrespect of suicide uh, by being apathetic and letting yourself go because you attract to yourself a way to get out. That's such a powerful insight because um, I think there's an infection of apathy right now. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to go on a hillside with a sword and scream 
what I'm saying is this is a pretty pivotal podcast. I'm sure there's been many people that have already been writing notes and they're upset and they've been triggered. <laughs> I mean, shit, I had a spiritual experience out of body on my own show on the Living 4D show as well. Yeah. So, um, well, that's know, to see that you're in two shows at once. That's so right. You needed a body for each show. <laughs> so, so <laughs> if just, you're going to do buy show, you got to buy hey, low cake. The, the question that, that's on my heart is, is where do we go from here? You know, at this moment in time, what's your guidance for us? Well, my guidance is to look at what we all need together. One, we all want freedom. Um, so we have to stand up for our rights, um, our constitutional rights. And one of the rights we have is to the territory of our own bodies. So when people start demanding that they can inject stuff into you that's not been properly researched based on a virus for which there is no legitimate test for, I mean, that's a fundamental reality. There is no legitimate test for the COVID virus. The creator, we talked about this with Zach Bush and also Leslie on uh -huh. your show, the, per the person who invented the test literally said, this is not for COVID. No, it isn't. This is not to identify COVID. No, it's used for other functions in virology. But this is the test where the CDC numbers are created and everything else. They're manufacturing this stuff like crazy. Yeah. They're censoring our freedom of speech. And as Leslie Manukian said, I said to her, how do you know what the truth is in this situation? She said, that's easy. That's what they're taking down. You put the truth up, they'll take it down. You know, put some lies up and you can, you know, you can find, look, you can find all the conspiracy theories about 911 and what really happened. You can find all the conspiracy theories about how JFK got killed or, you know, you can find information on almost anything that you want to find on the internet, and they're not taking that down. But now that they've got an agenda, they being a few key people, which we can't even call government because it's even beyond government, um, anything that you say that goes against the agenda is immediately either promoted as false as lies, as manipulation, they'll discredit you. I mean, look at all the scientists and researchers over the years and many such issues that have been discredited for telling the truth, killed for coming up with diseases for uh, cures for diseases. I got a great book in my library called The Politics of Healing by Dan Haley. It documents at least 12 great doctors that just disappeared off the face of the planet when they came up with cures for cancer and, and things like that. Um, so, you know, we have to look at what we all need. We all want freedom, which means we have to be careful to protect our constitutional rights. And just as we need diversity in nature to stabilize nature, we have to have diversity of opinions and we have to have di diversity of creativity, language, music, and expression. Imagine if someone said, okay, you can no longer listen to rock music. Bummer. Will we, will we just sit back and take it? No, well, rock music would become the greatest underground thing. You could get rich selling and off music. When they say no more psychedelics, well, that doesn't stop psychedelics. It just creates a psychedelic underground, right? In countries where they have handgun laws for no handguns, I can tell you right now, I can walk you right to houses all over the place where people I know have handguns for their own security. But on the surface, it looks like they don't. What do we need? We all need the planet, and the viral, the truth about the virus, as Zach Bush and other wise people say, is it's a sign of environmental breakdown and collapse. And it's nature reaching out to us to give us software upgrades so we realize that we have to upgrade our own DNA to survive the environment and to make us aware of what we're doing in the environment. Like, I won't go into the whole breakdown of the whole COVID thing, but the, the, the you know, what do we need? We all need water. And we need clean water. We all need fresh air. We all need topsoil that actually grows life. We all need the insects. Current research shows that in the last 50 years, there's been a 75% reduction in bug traffic. The bees are almost dying out. We're at almost near extinction of trees. We all need bees. We all need trees. We all need to get dangerous chemicals out of the environment and shut down these the inappropriate use of chemicals like Roundup, NPK fertilizers, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, and rodenticides, and go back to organic and biodynamic and permaculture principles. Mother Nature used them for millions of years to create us. And all of a sudden, we're smarter than nature. We need to stop spending so much money on the military to protect each other from all these illusory threats and realize all that money could be going back into the world and creating better school systems, better education systems, better money management strategies, think tanks. We could use the military, should be purposed 
for protecting the resources of the environment. We could use a lot of that money for better, more effective, honest, ethical research for legitimate vaccinations and legitimate medical procedures, and we could upskill medicine to the 21st century with quantum medicine, energy medicine, and all the things that have been told by us are bullshit, such as, you know, remember, acupuncture was bullshit, um, homeopathy was bullshit, even though it was proved thousands of times to be real until the medical system could get their grubby little hands on it. Everything's bad and, and illegal until they can profitize it, right? Um, we can realize that uh, if you look at the statistics on the deaths of COVID, no kids have died from COVID last time I checked. I just had a podcast with Nick Pino who researched this extensively, said no cases of children dying from COVID ever been reported. Who is it? It's the people that were already sick. Most of them had two or three other complicated diseases at once. So we can realize um, <laughs> learning how to eat, move, and be healthy, having four doctors and six foundation principles, Dr. Happiness, Dr. Diet, Dr. Quiet, Dr. Movement, Nutrition, Hydration, Sleep, Breathing, Thinking, and Movement. Until you understand those basics, just like I said, you got to learn the laws of creation and the limitations mm -hmm. before you can go beyond them. COVID's showing us that we need to be a lot more in touch with the planet and not more in touch with our health. And we need to stop using biohacking gadgets unless we're using them to learn how to take care of ourselves. We got to start supporting small farmers. We got to bring our energy systems into local grids so we're not dependent on these massive energy systems. We got to go to quantum energy technology. There are, there has been and there are many inventions that would allow us with kinetic machines, free motion machines, with quantum zero-point field, Nassim Harriman just had a beautiful presentation on Gaia about the fact that if we don't start using all the available scientific achievements now to tap into the zero-point field, then we're going to destroy the planet and it's over. Mm. And, and um, we have to stop burning trees and fossil fuels because we're destroying the planet when we don't need that kind of energy. We have, look, uh, all the money we spend trying to get to space... We don't need to get to space. We need to use space. Yes, there doesn't need to be a space force. No, and look how many Bill Gates is going to launch something like 100 rockets. Elon Musk, they said there's going to be over 2,600 rockets in this, in this uh, 5G phone system for security and all this stuff. All that money should be going right back into the earth and, and our education systems. Donald Trump uh, gave a $2, million, $2 trillion stimulus package. What would that have done if we put... Relief funds for organic and biodynamic and permaculture farmers, and we put together an education campaign to teach people how to actually eat, move, and be healthy, we would completely have transformed the whole planet, and then any virus that was getting somebody would be legitimate because we would know we were healthy and had healthy immune systems. You know, we have got to start demanding honest ethical science based on moral principles. We've got to put morality back into science. Every single drug and every single device that's ever been had to take an off the market because it was dangerous was first scientifically validated. We've got to get an honest ethical FDA. We've got to get the AMA. It's a unfortunately it is is a mafia it's a medical mafia there's numerous books about it written by medical doctors i've got many of them in my library nothing i'm saying is shocking or new we've got to get an ethical banking system um really we we've got to start participating in the things that matter for everybody. We have mm. to start sharing resources and we've got to care for the 2 billion people on the planet that don't have food, water, or shelter. Point. Look, all this silliness with rockets and COVID and vaccinations. How can we even play this silly game knowing that 2 billion people don't get to eat, have water, or a place to rest their head at night? Yeah. How do you go to bed at night thinking that that's okay if you're have even an ounce of love and connection mm -hmm. to human well-being in you. But that's what the call to love is. That's that's what this podcast has been for me. Yes. It's just a deep reminder that the closer we are to love, the closer we are to God, the more I love myself. Yes. <laughs> the more I can love myself with yes. the six principles and the doctors. Yep. And, and we have to be our own parents. We're all yeah. going through puberty as a culture. And we've got to stop worshiping authority figures that haven't earned the right to be an authority figure. You know, 
you can't have a president like Donald Trump segregating people and all the while the whole COVID thing's been going on. I'm part of many environmental watch groups. He's been releasing and changing the laws so that nature reserves and wildlife preserves and parks are being released to drilling companies for fracking and oil drilling so we can fill the atmosphere with more carbon and rich people can get even more stinky, filthy rich while we destroy the planet. We don't need that and we should not be doing that. We should be using our scientists and our technology to tap into the zero point field and free us of all the energy burden. Can you talk to the every person right now who's been on quite the journey yeah. these last three hours? Can you talk to them right now and, and speak right to their heart as we say goodbye and really let them know that they are God and as long as they love themselves and a message to fortify that, that is the path out of this. That is the path through this. Well, the thing is this. If you really just use a little common sense, if God is God, then what else could you be? And if you're not God, that's okay. Then you're the universe. And... Even if you don't believe in that, guess what? You're the world because what's your body made of? 70% water. Your blood's got the same level of salination as the ocean. Your bones and tissues, we can call the earth element. Your breath is the air element and your metabolism is fire and you can't get by without sunlight. And as Ibrahim Karim said in my podcast with him on biogeometry, he said, we don't have an organ within us for converting sunlight into energy and what we don't realize is that the plants and trees are the organ of sunlight conversion that's outside of our bodies. So what I'm saying is, even if you don't believe you're the universe, then you have to wake up and look at your own science and your own education and realize that you are the world. We all need each other. We are each other. You know, you drop an atomic bomb or poison the, the environment in China, the jet stream takes it here in a short order of business that jet streams moving at 300 miles an hour so what happens is everything we do that we think is something we only did in our backyard is affecting everybody around the world so it's time for us to realize that we are a one world community and as i said earlier we love music from around the world we love food from around the world we love inventions from around the world but we also hate people that are from other countries and other colors while we're using their technologies, their art, their music, and their food, which is just childish. We've got to start hugging each other more. And we've got to realize that the only reason people are getting away with all this medical enforcement and COVID silliness is because we're acting like children and letting them get away with it. We're not thinking for ourselves. I think for myself, I research for myself, and my rule is Always dial 1-800-SMARTER-THAN-ME. If I need to know more about viruses, I find somebody that's really credible on viruses. And I don't just mean got a bunch of degrees. I mean they've done things that, for me, as an objective man, not only look honest and holistic, but get the approval of other smart doctors and scientists around the world. Anyone has access to that information in the world, and the Internet's been full of them. They just keep taking them down. But anyone that wants to go to Green Med Info, there's all sorts of places to find mm -hmm. the information. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is we've got to start standing up for ourselves, and we've got to, we've got to be brave enough to let government and big business know we're not going to be pushed around because we're the ones that keep them alive. And we may just have to go through some hardships. We've got to start depending on, a pe on each other. Support your local farmers. Get solar for your house so you're not sucking so much off the grid and you don't need the grid so much. If we had energy systems in each little community, then we would be much more sustainable because if any big event happens, be it an earthquake or solar fair or a major storm, we won't knock out entire systems. We will all, if we have food coming from small areas, we go back to barter and supporting each other, we can create a whole different monetary system like we used to a long time ago. I bring you some ham, you bring me some milk. You, you fix things and I am a doctor or a therapist. We, we can get by really well that way if we switch to that system. But as long as we keep living like children expecting the mommy and daddies of these various organizations to take care of us, then we're going to keep getting more of this. And the re, you know one of the things you got to realize, the military-industrial complex is one of the biggest, wealthiest 
corporate entities in the world. And now that it's too dangerous to start a world war, they're creating the illusion of a battle within our own countries so that they can justify putting up all these surveillance satellites and all these 5G systems. So what they're doing is they're creating an internal war so we can fund their technologies so they can keep making trillions of dollars while we pay for it under the illusion that we're under threat from some invisible virus that there's not even a test for, etc. But we're allowing it to happen because we're, most people are too lazy to do their research and too um, gullible. Mm. So I want to I want to thank you so much. It's for about this. standing up for ourselves and yes, becoming adults. And I want to thank you for the just universal reminders of truth that we've had in this conversation. I love you, Paul. You're such a great mentor and friend. And thank you. I, I love just you so, too, I so appreciate you. I appreciate uh, you, man. For the you do a lot for the world. Make. So I want to thank you from my heart to yours and, and thank you for letting me be a part of this 4D community, you know, living in 4D. I've definitely been living in two dimensions during this conversation, that's for sure. Well, let's so. jump it up to four, you know. Um, you know, whenever you're facing hard times, it's a good time to get still. You know, one of my heroes is David Bohm, and he spent 20 years studying with Krishnamurti, and one of the things David Bohm says is that one of the most important functions of meditation is it organizes the mind because it creates space for things. If, if you have no space between the notes and music, you don't have music, you have noise. And if we don't take advantage of this time and be brave enough, instead of running around like chickens with our head cut off and drugging ourselves and being all scared and, and getting fanatical about it, if we say, okay, you know, let's sit in a circle with friends and people that are really concerned and let's chant, let's sing spiritual songs or, or, or gospel songs or anything that brings you to a state of calm and then just let's practice being with silence. And then that creates space inside of ourselves that allows creativity to rise up. And if we hold the intention of holding hands, caring for each other and caring for the planet so that we can evolve to the point where we can handle another 5 billion people on the planet without destroying it, and we know how to live together, and we know how to take care of the planet, then I think that we can be really proud of what we created, and our spiritual evolution will become meaningful, and religion will become meaningful. Do you believe in humanity? Oh, I totally believe in humanity because I believe in God. Yes. I don't even need to believe in God. I know... You know God. I know every fiber in my being what God is. Um, I've had, you know, hundreds of deep mystical experiences. You know, every day is a mystical experience. When you really get to the point where you realize how much magic there is, I look into the eyes of my children and I'm just blown away. I, I, I look at my beautiful wives and how much love and commitment and passion they have for, for the Institute and for the world and how much they sacrifice. I, I look at, you know, all the great, podcasters, you know, people like Ben Greenfield, you, Aubrey Marcus, Kyle Kingsbury, um, Dave Asprey, you know, really almost Rob Wolf, almost everybody that I know out there genuinely is doing their best for the world. I think if we all just bring some love to the table each day and take the time to ask ourselves what's really true, and we keep listening to sick people, we should be asking the fittest, healthiest people what's really going on. We should be asking the healthy, fit doctors that know how to take care of themselves what's going on. We should also make people that are in positions of power and government and big organizations like medicine, we should make it mandatory that all their investments are transparent. We know where their money's coming from and where it's going because those people are controlling too much of our lives. And if, if, if they're getting money from drug companies and they're getting money from investments that ultimately are skewing their decision, then they shouldn't be in those positions of power. And the economist, one of the men really considered the first economist, Adam Smith, all the way back in the 1700s, warned anytime corporate interests get into government, you're in deep trouble because they're not interested in your well being. They're only interested in how much money they can make. And that's exactly what we've got going on. So one of the things that we, the people, have to do is we have to reinvent government, just like we have to reinvent education, because our education systems teaches people what to think, not how to think, and so far it's not working very good. So if we reinvent government to get it to be a democracy again, and we 
um, make sure that medicine is really medicine and it's not some contrived organization that gets rid of anything that's healthy from vitamins to homeopathy to uh, energy medicine. I mean, when you start really studying medical associations worldwide, you see they're as evil as they are helpful, if not more evil, unfortunately. And I'm not by any means the first person to say that. I got 50 books in my library documenting this, mostly written by skilled doctors. I mean, when Harry Hoxie first sued the American Medical Association because they went after him because he wouldn't sell them their cure for cancer unless they promised to give it to people that couldn't afford it, which they wouldn't do. He uncovered the fact that at the time, Morris Fishbein, the head of the AMA, failed in medical school and couldn't even make it as a doctor, and that the very man running the entire American Medical Association was unable to actually practice medicine because he wasn't good enough. So when we start looking inside these organizations and realize that this really, a lot of times, isn't for our best interest, it's really for about making money, then we've got to really start getting to the point where we don't see money as um, the end-all, be-all, but we see life and love and relationships and community support. Wouldn't it be great to know, if you went to bed tonight, that we were shipping food and sending people over to build things, and we had emissaries from the UN, from every country that came together to give the starving people and the uneducated people of the world the basic education and resources that all of us deserve to have because the world's providing the resources for all of us, but some of us are squandering a lot and not sharing, and that's not how you make a world work. That's, well, let's make the world work, starting yeah. with this conversation, man. Aho, great spirit. Aho, great spirit. Thank, Thank you, Paul. You. Thanks, buddy. Thank you to the Living 4D audience. Yes, thank you guys. Lots of love. And thanks to Josh McMurtry for just his amazing presence. He's helped Wellness Force since the beginning. So yep. huge love to Josh. And until Paul and I see you again, we're both wishing you love and wellness. I love it. Thank you Talk very you much. Soon. Thanks for joining me here at the Rainbow. Thanks, Paul. Oh. Thank you for listening to the show, for being a part of this three-part series right here with us. There is so much, literally so much I could say about the way that this series has changed my life forever. And I want to know, how has this conversation helped to change you for the better? So you can hold more space, more love, do more things, be the bigger, bolder, most badass version of your authentic self. Let me know. Tag me on social. Tag Wellness Force write me DMs. You know how to find me. People always go, follow me here, follow me there. But you know what? You know how to find me. It's Wellness Force online, right? We are talking about this in depth for the deeper dive at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. You can access the entire blog post at wellnessforce.com forward slash all is God. We've also broken out each one of these episodes with the hundreds, literally hundreds of resources and research and quotes and anything you could imagine that's going to support you in understanding what you just learned. Did you feel like you were listening to probably one of the most powerful speakers on the planet? Did you feel like you took in a bunch of information and you're kind of like wobbly of what you do with it? Have no fear, my friend. Take a deep breath. We've got you covered. Head over to Wellness Force forward slash all is God. You can find everything there that you need to continue on your journey to understand this physical and emotional intelligence from myself and especially from Paul so you can live your life well. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Until I see you then, I'm wishing you love and wellness.